Hello. Dave. Hey, Jeff. How are you? I'm good. Is it Dave or David? How do you like it? Oh, always Dave. It's always uh, only David if I've been naughty, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same way with Jefferson, you know, that's, that's a lot of syllables. To, I can't ask that many syllables of anybody. That's the way, isn't it? Always shorten it. It's always best. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not really worth three syllables. <laughs> Hello and thank you for listening to episode 133 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. And in this one I get to chat with Jeff Angel from Walking Papers. Now it's always great to do these shows because I get to chat with somebody whose music I really like. So I've listened to the WP2 album many times, played it loud, uh, and I'm thrilled to start the show with... And we mentioned this in the show, and it was a difficult decision to try and pick my favourite song from the album, because there is, there's a lot of good songs on it. But if I was pushed, I'm going to pick this song, which you're going to listen to now, and it's My Luck Pushed Back.
Okay, like I always say to every guest that we have on the show, first of all, I have to say a big thank you. So thanks, Jeff, for you know taking the time to have a chat with me today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, okay, first things first. And I know this is probably the most asked question that you're ever going to get, but I'm Aquarius. I'm an Aquarius. <laughs> Thanks for asking. I appreciate that. And I enjoy long walks on the beach. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm Leo, so maybe we should connect. That sounds good. <laughs> now, what's, what's your question? Okay. Walking papers. How, how did the name walking papers come up? Um, well, funny enough is we wanted to call the uh, band. Well, actually, the funny part is, is a, a good band name is a lot like a cop. There's never one around when you need one, you know? <laughs> so, you know, we were searching for names and now everybody's got it locked up on the internet or, yeah. you know, all the social medias and stuff. So um, one of the names we wanted to call was Red Envelopes, which is like the uh, invoice you get if, you, if your electricity is about to get shut off because you haven't paid your bill. Oh, okay. And, and then somewhere we came along the, uh, like a, something that was a similar like a you know a thesaurus kind of you know an antonym i guess you would call that yeah. to, uh, and and but uh apparently walking papers doesn't mean anything in most countries you know <laughs> it's like the language barrier i think you guys in the uk have like is it a b49 or something like that it's like um, when you get laid off at work yeah p p45 p45 yeah and i knew there was a letter and, <laughs> and a some four numbers in there. yeah yeah so uh yeah, so that's what walking papers is basically the same thing as when you get, you know, you find your pink slip in your locker or whatever. <laughs> and so we kind of we kind of like the, you know, depressing anecdote of all that. <laughs> but, you know, when every every door closes, a new one opens. So yeah. we kind of like the, you know, that it's that leaves a little bit to the person to, you know, decide uh you know, or, their optimism or pessimisms that's kind of their decision yeah and of course in this day and age it's really good to have a name that you know isn't all over the internet as well you know it's quite unique yeah it's not a it hasn't hasn't been taken that either means you know it's the girl to that it's the girl to dance that she never got asked you know she's just still sitting there on the bench with her headgear and uh <laughs> acne you know that's the kind of band we are <laughs> We're not we're not the prettiest girl at the Harvest Moon Ball. <laughs> but you make good music, so that makes up for it. Well, thank you. That's all right. Uh, for the listeners as well, can you tell us a bit about your musical background? How did you get into music? Um, I'm always particularly interested in, in what bands uh, you listen to as you as you grew up. Um, well, you know, it's like. It's maybe a cliche, but a lot of people are saying, you know, it's like I didn't find music. Music found me. Mm-hmm. Definitely think I was born just wanting to play music when, you know, when I was a kid, um, even before I went to school, you know, I was already kind of like changing the lyrics to famous songs that I heard and making my own lyrics that kind of went lo- more along my childhood life because I didn't understand what they were singing about. Maybe, <laughs> you know, when other kids were playing uh other kids wanted to, you know, put on, grab a stick and pretend it was a gun and play army. I wanted to grab a tennis racket and pretend that we were Elvis. Yeah. You know, my mom had dated Elvis impersonator. So it's like when other kids were playing pretend, I was like writing up fake record contracts and creating <laughs> band names and drawing logos. I was doing all that instead of, uh, 
you know, we had some awesome names like Iron Fist and <laughs> nice. stuff like that. You <laughs> That's know? great. But, you know, I was doing that just as early as I could remember, and um, that, I've just always been obsessed with it. So um, I just think, you know, without getting too sad about it, I think that there was a uh, – my parents were divorced when I was – probably before I was really kind of developed my consciousness as a child. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there was some stuff going on in the house when I that made an impression on who I became and the music seemed to be antidote for that. Yeah. So I think, you know, as after being the age I am now and then being able to reflect on that, I think that that my, you know, I was finding solace and comfort in music, even as an early age was just where I felt mellowed out and felt like music was my home or my religion or something. So Mm -hmm. that kind of how I think that's how I got the bug. But then the first, you know, so I was, you know, listen to the radio and spinning my mom's, my single mother's record collection. So we had some, you know, a lot of Fleetwood Mac and Hart nice. up in there. Yeah, good. You know, but uh, the stuff that I was first gravitated towards was like, was, um, you know, probably some of the MTV influence of like The Cure and The mm-hmm. Police. Yeah. My first concert and record that I ever bought was The Police. You know, I, I dug out household. Um, we lived out in the country. So for like a different farmer guy, I dug him out house hole and I got my, uh, first eight bucks to buy a record and it was the police. And then for my birthday, my mom took me to see, uh, the police on their synchronicity tour in the third oh, grade. I got wow. A... I wish I'd seen that. Yeah. I really wish I'd seen the police. It's one band I've not seen that I really wish I'd seen. Well, Stuart Copeland's amazing, yeah. you know, but um, I think that, I think that you got sting is definitely a song Smith. But then Stuart Copeland has that manic energy to his playing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. uh, I mean, all three of them are amazing. But um, anyway, so I could think that I got that, you know, I bought a T-shirt. It was down to my knees. By the time <laughs> I grew up, it was looked like a half shirt. You know, it looked like a 70s half shirt because I was a. So, I mean, that was my first band. But then I didn't don't feel like I really heard my thing till I heard Black Sabbath, you know. Okay. When I heard uh, it was uh, the Aussie Speak of the Devil record, Yeah, you know, so someone had that which is basically his cover of all the uh all the sabbath songs mm-hmm. you know and so when i heard those i was like wait a minute that's the music for me for sure i love those <laughs> the flat five you know all the the intervals in there are really spooky and heavy and I, and then i was from my teenage angst that was kind of the thing that was like i really yeah. gotta play guitar and you know i gotta be able to do this you know <laughs> that's it yeah that's a, that's a really good choice of music right across the board to begin with well and it's also polarized i think it's pretty you know i never i was always you know i mean i liked metallica and stuff when they came out and i first heard the the crunch of their guitars and stuff and i liked that but there was always this i never got into that meathead mentality of like that if it you know it actually turned me off like all the guys were like that isn't heavy enough you know or that music's <laughs> for girls or whatever i was like i was like i didn't i never uh discriminated against this or that i liked a lot of you know pop stuff even some of like duran duran stuff at that time that was was a total chick band i thought some of those songs were awesome yeah yeah you know yeah i agree and that's even today i'm still like i might you might find me cranking an Adele record like I'm a single mom going to a <laughs> soccer match you know what I mean but I think she you know well we just lost Aretha Franklin here but I kind of yeah. think Adele's the Aretha Franklin of our time you know her voice is magical you know it's like and so 
to me, it's like, that's like someone saying, I don't like the taste of water. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it, it's, her, does voices get any better? I don't know. Some of the production might be a little slick, but I love it all. I love, if it's good and it feels honest, I like it. Yeah, well, that's good. And like you said, you know, you're just drawing in influences from all over the place, which, you know, as a musician, I guess, is, has got to be a, a positive as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's funny. I mean, I love, you know, I love God flesh and neurosis and, you know, I, I like some really heavy stuff like that too. So I'm not against it. But as a kid, there was definitely like people were trying to draw a line in the sand of like, you're either on that side or this yeah, side. And I yeah. was like, I was like, well, if you're making me choose, I'm not going to choose your side, you know, <laughs> but uh, that was always that I'm always been like kind of a give the middle finger to the authority. I don't like the authority. Don't like people telling me how it's got to be. Well, I grew up, I, I've always loved like rock music. My main two is rock music and blues music. So you can imagine when I listened to, you know, your latest album, it was just the, the amalgam of both of those was just perfect for me. I loved it. Oh, thank you. Uh, but yeah, before, I love the blues. The blues, yeah. I think is the, th that's the key element to everything yeah, is yeah, it's yeah. just like, cause it, it's either, there's a certain thing in there that you know a certain feeling in there that makes it believable yeah. you know what i mean and if that's missing if, if it doesn't seem believable you know i think it was like bob dylan said something about you know what's everybody hates his voice but he's like the, a good voice is a voice that you believe not someone that can sing the word love with 32 syllables you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i know exactly what you're saying yeah and, and Walking Papers is not your first band as well, is it? You know, you've had previous bands before this. Yeah, I'm kind of a, a polygamist when it comes to bands, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've had a, uh, the, the bands that I've had in Seattle that had the most success was uh, Post-Stardom Depression and then uh, The Missionary Position. And that's kind of how I got those guys. Um attention of some of these other Seattle guys, you know, they, the people that were in Seattle and stuff always kind of were aware of what, you know, the, the dust we were kicking up, yeah. you know? And I think that, um, so you would, we would find those guys in our, you know, watching us playing and stuff like that. And I mean, at one time I was at the, getting a cup of coffee and Ben Shepard from Soundgarden was behind me and he was like, he was like, are you the singer for the missionary position? And I was like, wow, you're Ben Shepard. And he was like, he was like, you guys are my favorite Seattle band. He's like, you got any merch? Cause we were leaving for town and we like sold him a couple t-shirts and records on the street there. And I was, so I've had a lot of really cool, you know, and then playing with Duff and Mike McCready and, yeah. you know, and ha playing with those kind of guys or having Cantrell join us on stage and then, you know, getting to play with them. It's like, it was really, uh, that's kind of the validation that, you know, guy can only kind of pray for. Definitely, definitely. Is it true as well about how the missionary position got the name? It was sort of by accident with the with the billing. At a yeah, time. we were yeah. just we didn't have an. Again, it was like one of those things we didn't have a name or we weren't. We were just kind of having fun, and then it just kind of turned into a thing. You know, then we got invited. I think it was the Candlebox guys invited us to go on tour with them before we even had a record. Oh. And so we were like, and everybody kind of knew us the night was called, you know, come join us in the, at the missionary, in the missionary position. That was like their Thursday night thing. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, people just kind of identified us at that band and then it kind of got to where we couldn't escape from it, you know? <laughs> you just... And you know, you can't even post that on social media. 
No way. Can, they'll be oh like, you God. cannot post adult content, you know. <laughs> oh, dear. So man. if you're wondering, wondering why I'm why I'm still in obscurity, <laughs> it's because of bad bad banding. <laughs> the, the crazy laws of I'm, social media. Yeah, I'm writing a new book on music, and it's called. It's like uh, do do the op- opposite action. If you do everything that I've done in the music business, <laughs> and you do the exact opposite, you'll probably have huge success. <laughs> well, you you dropped a couple of names, at, you know, just a few minutes ago with Duff and Mike, um, and of course these were part of you know the Walking Papers and first out al- the first album. Do you want to give a little bit of a story of how Walking Papers originally got together and the recording of that first album? Yeah, um, well, I first played with, uh, I was doing a show in Portland, and I had uh, was playing on a bill with a band that Barrett, Barrett Martin had at the time, and that's when he first took, kind of took a liking to, the missionary position was opening up for this band called Big High that he was playing with, and, um, you know, it was kind of weird, because I thought their band was just getting started, and then he came to me, and he was like, hey, man, I'd really, he was like, I thought you guys were great, let's talk when you get to Seattle, and he's like, I'd love to do something with you, mm-hmm. you know? And he's like, I think like your songs and this and that. And so he came down and was just kind of hanging around the missionary position. And we were making a record and he added some percussion to it. And then he said, hey, I, I got some studio time if you want to come in and it's, you know, lay down some songs. And, and I was like, well, this guy's a you know world class drummer. So let's, you know, I dug into all the songs that I had. And uh, mm-hmm. and I was so I really practiced with him like six times and we went in and recorded it. And then we were like, you know, we're halfway to a record. <laughs> so um, we fleshed it out with a couple other things. And I think that the beauty of working with him is like some songs that I would have maybe thrown away. He was like, no, that's really good. You ought to just spend a little more time on it and then, you know, keep it. So he kind of produced my songwriting in that way. And then uh, I'd known Duff. I never really talked about it until after he started talking about it. But he had invited me to do uh, the Velvet Revolver thing before they got Scott. Yeah. So I went down there and I did, uh, I recorded with them and recorded like five or six songs, but they had a TV show and some weird stuff like that going on. And I was like, yeah, I don't want no part of that. You know, I was kind of, <laughs> again, probably should have chose that, you know, <laughs> probably should have done, it. but I was kind of like, I'm not going to be the guy that gets my, the peak of my career is not getting the gig is <laughs> <laughs> failing on VH1. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, um, I think that I stayed friends with him and kept his attention because I didn't uh, I respected their privacy. I didn't share the music that I recorded with them anybody anywhere and I didn't talk about it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So and I think in, when you're dealing with guys that have uh, dealt with the, the shit storm that people in a band like that have that, that uh, you know, respecting their privacy and stuff like that goes a long way. You know, so I think, um, and so I stayed friends with them for years. And I guess when we did the walking papers, it was almost like, you know, maybe nine years, eight or nine years after I had first met him. So I was like, Hey, you know, that guy, he was in town and he was like, cause he's usually in LA. And he was like, you know, somehow I was talking to him. I was like, Hey, why don't you come down and play bass on this thing? And he did on just a couple songs. And then when we made the record, we sent him the mix and he was like, Hey guys, I'd like to can I join you guys to play some shows? Cause Barrett and I just started playing a couple of shows, just me and him as a duo. Yeah. And so then Duff had joined and jumped in and then, Oh, and also in that same process, cause of, uh, uh, Barrett had played with 
McCready and Mad Season, of course. And so he was like, hey, you want to come and throw a couple solos on here? And then I played with Ben, so I invited him for some keyboards because we were just, you know, just having fun with it. And part of having fun is inviting your bros along to, <laughs> you know, yeah. add some spice to your cocktail. <laughs> and then, of course, we get on to, the, to this year. WP2's released uh, and the second album. Which, which you know, I, we, I had a quick chat with you before we started recording. And you know how much I love this album already, and we talked about favourite songs, etc. What was the recording of this album like? How was it different to, you know, the first Walking Papers? Um, well, what was cool with this album was we actually had a budget. You know, we'd, we'd like, toured around a lot. Yeah. And, and we put some money in the bank, and we kind of had, and at this point we were like, you know, the first band album was more like, I had some songs and Baron Barrett kind of helped me flesh them out, you know, and my friends kind of jumped on it. And this album, we actually kind of saw what we could be as a band. And we had a, you know, a year or so solid touring under our belt and started kind of seeing, you know, how those first songs kind of grew mm -hmm. when we were, uh, you know, we all played together, you know. And so it was really cool to kind of see that grow. And also I started to kind of write songs to kind of, you know, take advantage of the fact that I had this amazing rhythm section, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so we, we, when we recorded it, you know, we kind of had done that. We had, we would do some demos here and there. If we had four songs, we would go in and lay down a quick little burst of them, you know? And then, um, we did that a couple of times. And then Josh from Queens of Stone Age had his, uh, he has a studio down there, Pink Duck. And we bumped into him somewhere, I think in Germany or something. And he was like, we were telling him what we were up to. And he was like, I got a studio. It's just sitting there. He's like, there's an engineer down there. I'd like to give him some work. So if you guys want to hole up in there, go ahead. So it was like, you know, he basically gave us free reign, you know, and we just had to come up with covering our costs while we were living down there in LA to do it. And so, you know, and he's got everything you could imagine a guy at that level has for mm -hmm. a studio. So we got to go in there and, you know, just focus directly on the record, which is, I've never really done. I've always been kind of made these, all the missionary positions and post-artem records I've made in my practice room. Yeah. You know, I never even went to the studio, which I kind of, so I know my way around, uh, you know, I'm kind of a studio rat. I know how all that stuff works, but, um, it was really cool to actually be in a studio where they had all the stuff you dream about having. Yeah. And you had a guy to, a guy that was world-class to operate it for you. So, I don't know. It's hard to go back after that. <laughs> I should imagine so. <laughs> I yeah. Remember, I remember but, the first time that I listened to WP2, and um, every time that I listened to it as well, I just it's it's the kind of album that I just want to I want to smoke a cigar. And to put this into context, I've never smoked in my entire life, but I just want to like mm -hmm. s smoke a cigar and drink bourbon. It's that it's like gritty, yeah. gritty, dirty, yet polished sound to it. That's just, I don't know. Just, it just really it just clicked with me, you know, from that very first listen. Awesome. Thank you so much. I mean, it, what's funny is I think I'm starting, you know, people are asking me like, what are you writing about? And this and that. And it's like, I've had some pretty rich history of, uh, troublemaking and this and that, but I'm a pretty, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a sober guy, this and that, but I think I live, vicariously mm -hmm. through you know the character studies the kind of i think a lot of the songs are kind of character studies some of it's me some of it you know i think in a good character study you can see a little bit of yourself in those people as well yeah so i kind of live vicariously in the songs you know and like i get it all you know it all gets out there you know i can be a kind of a pompous asshole 
prance around <laughs> on stage, but I don't go trying that when I'm in line at the grocery store, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's a lot of swagger in in those songs, and I like, Definitely. you know, I think that that's a safe place to put them. You know, it keeps people, uh, you know, free from out of harm's way if I leave the characters in the songs there. You yeah. Know? And that's a great word as well for this album. If, if there was a one word review of this album, I would I would just put swagger too. I think that's a great way of describing it. Oh, thank you. I think uh, I like that in there. I mean, I think that, you know, there is a thing about, you know, rock and roll should have some... Uh, sex to it i think there's some libido and yeah. something going on i mean it is rock and roll for christ yeah, yeah so yeah. that's why they gave it that name <laughs> where i think that somewhere you know when stuff becomes art rock or it becomes you know prog rock or stuff like that and i like a lot of those bands I love joy division it's, who's a very stiff band you know but um i think that there's uh you know an energy in the music that's supposed to make it have a you know some kind of a I don't know if it's sensuality or something mm. to it, but it, you know, it yeah. should, it should feel good. You should feel good about being bad. Yeah. There's something about that. In yeah. This, yeah. You know. <laughs> and you've got, you've got a European and uh, UK tour coming up. You've got dates over here and across Europe and starting in September, I believe. Yeah. That's right around the corner. Yeah. It's not too far away. And you've already, you've played download here as well. Didn't you, you played it in 2013? Yeah, I think, yeah, we played, uh, we did, we played two things at Download, and then, uh, I mean, we played on the, the stage, and then we had a, we did an acoustic stage or something, too. Yeah. That was cool. That's a mind bender. I mean, it, at that point, that was, like, the biggest show. I mean, we didn't play on the main stage. It was, like, on a side stage, and uh, Mastodon was on the main stage, and and I was like, God, I hope it rains because we're in this tent, you know, I was like, because everybody's going to go to, no one knows who we are and everybody's going to go out to this tent to see these, you know, no one's going to come into a creepy little, you know, tent when they, you know, they uh, got mastered on the main stage and just like the, you know, the Seattle rain gods came and said, <laughs> not today, you were denied Mastodon, you know, and. So, uh, you know, the thing about the show, that in most of our shows at festivals, a lot of people could say about our shows that, you know, our shows are pretty, our, our sh the Walking Paper shows are intense. Get that? Yeah. In, intense. Oh, that, that's good. That's good. <laughs> our festival shows are always intense. <laughs> no, anyway, yeah, it was great at that time. So I think we played to like 10,000 people. It was, it wow. was awesome. Yeah, and then I, and then then later we've got some of the main stages at Rock'em Ring and and uh, Hellfest. I think Hellfest was like eighty thousand people. I mean, that's a wow. I don't know that it's any more fun than four hundred sold out people in a sweaty little club, but yeah. it is definitely a mind bender to go. My goodness, that's forty. I can really, you know, I got forty thousand people here. They're going to hear me whether they like it or not. <laughs> you know. I can't even imagine what that must be like to be stood on the stage and just like lurking out over that so many people. Yeah, it's 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 I it's good work if you can find it. <laughs> now we talked again. We talked before we started recording. Uh, you know, I always like to play a couple of songs uh, on these shows, and you know, if I said if I was pushed to pick a favorite, I said my favorite would be "My Luck Pushed Back," which I will start the show off with. So I'm going to hand it over to you, Jeff, now. So which song would you like to play this show out with from WP2? Um, well, let's freak them out. Maybe go with something like Right in Front of Me. 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, because that, that just to show the uh, the the parameters that we're playing with over here. Yeah, in yeah, Walking yeah. Dippers. Yeah, that, that's good. I mean, because there is, like we said with this album, I I remember the first time that somebody else kicked off, and that's like, oh my, this is like solid rock track. The way that that kicks off, it's there's a good diversity to the album. Really is. Oh, thank you very much. And so, a lot of love in there. Yeah, yeah. What's the best way then that you know our listeners can find and follow what you're doing online? Uh, it seems Facebook or Instagram seems to be the thing. They're the two these main days. ones. I mean, there's web pages on there, but it ain't those aren't as easy as to update. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, all the links, as always, will be on the podcast notes for this show that's on our website, so you know everybody can find and follow what you're doing. Um, so, what else is there in the pipeline? You got this European and UK dates coming up. Is there anything else that's coming um, up? Soon? Yeah, I and mean, we've got probably some West Coast dates in the states. We'll probably go south to stay warm during the winter, and then uh, mm -hmm. after that, we'll probably start tracking a new record. Excellent. That's a, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And well, keep me updated, Jeff. Definitely keep me updated I, on everything that you're doing, and whatever we can do to help promote what you're doing, I'm more than happy because you know I really no. love this album. I appreciate that, and you are my only friend on Skype, so <laughs> it'll be I'll know right where to find you. <laughs> It'll be easy to find, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, hey, yeah, please uh, do you know share your thing over there so I can turn our people on to the good work that you're doing. Great. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Well, well, until next time. And again, like I began the show, thank you so much for giving me your time. And yeah, fingers crossed I get to see you over here soon. No, I hope so. All right. Thanks, Talk Jeff. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another show. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I did uh, recording it with Jeff. Uh, if you want to follow everything that we're doing, of course, you go to the website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. There is a contact us form on there, or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We're on Instagram and Twitter at 60minuteswith. And yes, it is still the numerical 60 and not the alphabetical one. So there we go. I said the links, of course, to find and follow Jeff online will be on the podcast notes on our website that I've just given you the details for. So to close off the show, we're going to play the song that Jeff picked. And it is, it's different. It's a seven and a half minute epic and it's called Right in Front of Me. It's time to drop the anchor Yeah, the storm is closing in I can see it in the clouds I can smell it on the wind, yeah I'm floating on the black In the back of your eyes On an ocean of tears On the desolate skies But the light in the distance Is making it hard to see 
Was drawn.